Today, I'm Jada, Maya, Micah, Ashton, Joy, and today we have one of our basketball players here, Kaylin Mitchell. Uh, Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> so we go ahead yeah. and interview him today. How you doing, um, Kaylin? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. That's How's good. uh? How are you getting ready for the game today? Uh, so I started off with a little pregame nap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get though. That's mandatory. And then uh, you know I. Usually take a shower, but today was a little different. We had a couple of meetings before, and I had class too, so uh, I took a shower then. And now I'm just listening to music, trying to get in game mode, get ready for the opponent. And uh, I'll be headed to the locker room in a sec and uh, probably listen to some music loud in there and then see what Coach has to say before we get the tip-off going. Okay, what's, what's you playing in your headphones before the game? <sighs> it depends on the vibe. Um, I play all type of stuff today. Surprisingly, I pay, play some Faith Evans, which is crazy. <laughs> I had to hear some R and B. I did. Uh, um, usually, I play some Nipsey Hussle. He just dropped the album um, a couple of days ago, the Victory Lap. Yes, yeah, and um, usually it's Tupac. Sometimes too. Oh, it just depends. Kill. I mean, it just depends on what the vibe is. But uh, from Faith Evans to Nipsey, yeah, to Tupac, yeah, no, nah, it's really a vibe. Like it's really how I'm feeling before the game, and um, yeah. So it's funny that you said that because, like, on your profile, you have artists like Tupac and Erica, Erica Badu, and you mm-hmm. have your favorite movies are like The Wood. You have yeah. um, your favorite book is by Langston Hughes. So, mm-hmm. what makes you prefer more conscious ways of art, especially those in the '90s? Uh, the stuff that people, you know, our age like to listen to that. Um, I mean, it's kind of the way that I grew up. Um, what my mom listened to. I live in a single parent house. My mom listened to a lot of that stuff. Uh, the Erica Badu influences. Um, the Langston Hughes thing. That's more of my grandmother. Um, she used to actually have like a bookshelf, and I would actually grab. She had a whole bunch of the Langston Hughes books that you know, full of poetry and stuff, and I grab you know, a certain book one day and just sit there and look at it for hours, reading through it, looking at the artwork, looking at what he would talk about. And um, just a lot of that stuff from the 90s, you know, me being nostalgic in that era, me, you know, being born in, in 95, uh, a lot of that stuff is what I considered important, you know, growing up around who I grew up around, which was, you know, the older people, my mom's friends and my grandmother's friends and my grandmother. That's that's where my influences come from. So, so since we are kind of like in your childhood and like where you started, mm-hmm. do you remember what moment and like what that was like that made you want to continue playing basketball at a collegiate level? Because you did play club and you did play all throughout high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I st- I actually played football growing up. I mean, believe it or not, I was actually really good at it. I had, um, I was on a really good team. And I don't know, one day I was, I actually had ended up breaking my arm in middle school. That was the start of basketball, surprisingly. And, um, you know, I played basketball kind of like a little bit, not too serious as I do now. And uh, when I had broke my arm, I broke my right wrist. My dad had told me that that was a great opportunity to start using my left hand. And um, I was short, too. I had hit a growth spurt my junior year. I was 5'9". I ended up jumping to 6'3". In the summer. 5'7". Ended up jumping to 6'3". In the summer. It was crazy. But um, at that point, I think I was over at my granddad's house, and he just told me, like, Tall people don't play football. You don't see many tall people playing football. You need to get invested in basketball. You need to see where that takes you and see where that leads you. And it's crazy because my whole my mom's side all played basketball, and I was kind of trying to be the rebel, like, oh, I want to play football, see where that goes. And uh, I ended up getting into basketball, and I found a love for it. And ever since, I just would play it every day, which is crazy. So that's, 
So, so not even like a part of you wanted to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> like not even like a part of you wanted to be like, I want to break that trend. Like tall dudes don't play football. Like not even a part of you. You just the uh, second you touch the ball, you were like, no, this is it. No, I mean I've always, I've always loved basketball. Like I've had a love for it, whether it was stronger how it was when I was younger, where I was more into football. Um, I mean it wasn't really like trying to break break a trend. It was just something that felt more authentic for me you know what I mean and then on top of that the the fellowships that I gained playing basketball is another reason why I stuck to it you know when I was playing football and stuff it was cool I had my friends I had that or whatever but playing basketball was a lot different with it having five players and then you know five players on the bench it, it's more close-knit as opposed to a football team, you know what I mean? I was more cool. I play offense, so I was more cool with the offensive side of ba- or football as opposed to the defensive side. As opposed to basketball, it was more, you know, every single person on the team I had, you know, my own relationship with because we were always together. It was always, you know, us here or there, you know what I mean? So, so um, I guess speaking of – like outside of basketball what are like some hobbies that you have other than like reading reading um i don't know if a lot of people know but uh i write a lot i write poetry and i actually do a little bit of music um so in my spare time i like to record a little bit uh i do actually have two projects that i did to actually full like album type things that I posted on SoundCloud. I think that piff too, but that's something I really like to do. I have a little setup like this. That's why I'm real familiar with the Adobe edition because I do it in my spare time. And um, that's kind of what I do. I, I play video games too. You know, that's kind of a typical thing, but the surprise is the writing music and recording and doing that. Have you ever thought about sharing your poetry with other people or is that just something you want to keep to yourself? No, I have. I just... I kind of you want to say kind of concerned, huh? <laughs> say one out. That was yeah. if you want to. I was um, kidding. Like, no, no pressure. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll do one little verse. Um, recently, I had wrote. Um, it was actually a song. It was a poetry, a poem that turned into a song. It was called Black America, and I did it at the beginning of this month. Um, the first verse was. Uh, Wish there was a black America where every president was black and we understood, or they understood what it's like for, ah. Hold up, let me go, hold up, hold up. Sorry, it no was, pressure. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no hold up. You were prepared for this, we just got it. Wish there was a black America where every president was black and they understood what it's like to come up from not having Jack with people like Lauren Hill and Badu with a secretary. But sadly, all we get is the month of February to celebrate 28 days that the whites gave. What would it be like if we had captured some white slaves? And if so, would Larry Bird be the Mike J? In this type of world, I might say if this was black America. That's it, that's... Just okay. one verse to it. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that about you. Yeah, man. So that's just a little bit of what I like to do in my spare time. Um, working on. I'm actually working on two little projects now. Right now. Go ahead and plug uh, those right now. Plug those. Yeah. Plug those. Um, uh, one of them is called. I'm calling it the SoCal Symphonies. It's more of like getting invested in the roots. I'm from San Diego, so I'm. Considered so southern, yeah, southern California. <laughs> so that's that little project is just me, you know, writing to a bunch of old school and new school, you know, instrumentals that are from artists that were from SoCal, like uh, some Dr. Dre beats, some Snoop beats, maybe a couple Kendrick beats. Um, and then the other one, I haven't thought of a title for it, but. I've been writing to a lot of bees. I'm trying to like feel the vibe of like what I would want to call it through through the lyrics and what I'm actually talking about. But um, yeah, those are the two projects that I'm working on. Um, the two that I have out, I have one called Altadena. That's pretty much a a story through music, kind of like how Kendrick did with Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, a story of where I grew up. Back in San Diego, uh, this little diverse, it's a real diverse neighborhood called City Heights, and um, it's just a story of like my life in the in the 
time the time frame that I put in it is just like me visiting for a weekend and what happens like in the course of that weekend from you know going to family barbecues to hanging out with my friends to hanging out with like a little girlfriend you know what I mean to going to church to even going to church with my mom like that's pretty much what the whole album consists of and uh it, it has a pretty good message you guys can check that out it's on my soundcloud too and then um what's your soundcloud yeah. uh uh you just have to go uh soundcloud.com slash kaylin dash mitchell hyphen mitchell and it'll pop up i just have it under my original name i don't really want to say what the, <laughs> the little alias <laughs> is for me okay. you'll, you'll figure that out once you go on there but okay yeah Okay, so this season, uh, the team welcomed nine new players as well as a new mm-hmm. coach. How mm-hmm. has it been to get used to a different style of coaching and creating chemistry with the new team? The new the new players, that's they're ballers, man. Um, that wasn't too hard, the chemistry part of it, because they know what they're doing, and that kind of they're kind of meshed and then they're good dudes. So the team chemistry off off the court, which I think is always a big part of uh, making a good team, it it was you know. It kind of sparked off right when we met each other from August in August. Um, the new coach is a lot different because we had Coach Reynolds before. And I don't know if you guys know, but he ended up, you know, getting diagnosed with something and it kind of shook up the team. So we went in the direction of getting Coach Trevor over at Stan- or San Fran State, who's a lot younger, whose energy is a lot higher than um, Coach Reynolds. Coach Reynolds is more laid back and chill. Coach Trevor is really like, on 110, 110% of the time. And um, it's just, you know, it's different in a good way. And it kind of caught a lot, a couple of the old players off guard because that's not what they were used to, including me for a second. I had to kind of catch up to speed with it. But um, I would say all in all, like the way that it's came along, it's – it's been really good, man. And it, it's been a short amount of time. I mean, one season to get nine new players plus, I want to say, the five returners that we had and do that we're, do the stuff that we're doing, it's damn near magical. And I I really, like, I appreciate the, the direction that we went in with that. So, yeah, it's different to answer your question, but it's a good different. Well, yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the new players because you said they're all ballers. So, like, how, ballers. how does their production on the court elevate your game, individual game? Um, so me, my game being a shooter, um, having these new players, it's, it's them knowing their roles and them doing their roles well, you know what I mean? And just me feeding off of it. And, uh, when you have players like Cleves, who's, uh, he can score, but at the same time, he, he's one, a hustle player too, you know, he's very, yeah, he can D up, he's real athletic, he's somebody that can get the crowd going with his athleticism, I mean, I know you guys seen him catch a couple oops and dunk it, just having somebody like that, you know, not only is it somebody that ramps up the energy, but it's also somebody that kind of takes the load off my shoulders as somebody that has to bring something to the table too, you know, and then we all feed off of that, Ty, you know, being a distributor, he helps get people like me that scores games going because he knows how to put it in our hands and me being a rhythmic scorer he knows how to do that in rhythm and then with that going you have people like Vider or X that's in the post that can handle the big men you know the people on the other team that are in the post that are trying to dominate they can match that physicality and then you have you know a team that can go and and everybody that's doing doing those roles well you know it just it turns into you know a team that can get W's that can win, which we've been doing a lot more as opposed to last season. So, Absolutely. yeah. So I know um, priority registration was kind of like a big deal last year with the athletics mm-hmm. department. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you guys are doing this year to kind of advocate for that? Um, the beginning of the semester, we actually had a, a petition that we mm-hmm. had a lot of people sign. I, I actually um, kind of led the petition for the communications department um, because that's my major. But we actually had a petition where we tried to have every teacher, faculty, staff in Stan State sign so we could give it to, I want to say the Board of Education, whatever, whoever you give it to, so we can get that priority registration for the athletes because, you know, with the scheduling and all of that, with school and then scheduling with our seasons and all that, it's pretty tough, you know, trying to, you know, keep up, maintain our school work, but then at the same time maintain our our athletic work as well. So that was kind of the initiative we took this go around so um i'm sorry so you 
been to two other schools before then. And one of them's the uh, Lubbock Christian University. <laughs> Lubbock, and, Lubbock Christian. Lubbock. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I tried. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, what made you go, and this is right after high school, so what made yeah. you want to leave California? What made you want to come back? Being a rebel. I mean, when I was, <laughs> I, I grew up kind of in a strict household. You know, my mom, my two little brothers, and I'm the oldest too, so she was real hard on me. Um, that whole move, one was being excited. I was one of the few players, I want to say seven basketball players that made it out of San Diego on an athletic scholarship for basketball. So it was kind of that excitement of getting a full ride and not having to pay for nothing when I go to school and all of that mixed with, now I'm free. I don't have to be under my mom's oppression or however I was thinking then. And, you know, just getting away, thinking like, oh, getting away from California is what I need. And in turn, that wasn't really what I needed. It was a lot different. And it was a culture shock. And it drove me closer to home, uh, I, I would say. So, yeah. You think it's appropriate to say that Stan is kind of your home? Like, this is... Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've only been here two years, which is crazy but um i feel like it's been four years like i've spent my whole four years here i've gained a lot of friends um through basketball and even off the court um and it's just it just feels like home you know it's not too far away from home too i got some people that live in northern california in the bay so i mean it's yeah far, i would say it's far enough. yeah it's far but it's far enough where i'm away from what i want to be away from but i'm not too far away from it if i ever want to go back yeah when i'm feeling the homesickness or whatever you know as your last regular regular season game to an end how do you want your um teammates and coaches to remember you as a leader you know it, it hasn't been the easiest year for me either you know um if anything, just somebody that persevered, that always, even when it was tough, kept his head high, you know what I'm saying, chest out, and wore a Stan State jersey proudly, you know, through the ups and downs. Just somebody that, that represented and got through those times and just came out triumphant. Because, my, I know you've seen it. There hasn't been some easy times for me no. on the court. There's times where I wouldn't even see the floor. And regardless of what the reason was behind it, whether it was me tripping or me saying coach was tripping or whatever it was, just going through those tough times to have, you know, games like we had against Chico where I was actually a big contributor or those games where I contribute like that. I mean, that's how I would want people to remember me. Just, you know, somebody that's always going to be there giving his all, whether no matter what's thrown against me, you know what I mean? What's, what's that? Oh, so, <laughs> Um, so we know we have to get you out of here and get to the locker room soon. So we're just going to end with one last question. So what are your plans for after graduation? Like, what do you want to do? <sighs> you want to further your basketball? Do you want to go into something with your major? I do want to further my basketball career. That's plan A. And I've had a couple of talks with, a, you know, some people that are in that field at the next level or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's the primary thing. I mean, if that fails, you know, my whole purpose of coming to school is having that plan B. So if, you know, plan A falls through with basketball, I can do something with my major, with my degree that, you know, with me graduating in spring, I just, the only thing with that is I'm trying to kind of figure in what that is out, you know, with the major and all that. But um, yeah, hopefully I'm blessed to play, you know, some more years with basketball because physically I'm not done yet. And I don't know how it would be if I was to walk away from basketball right now. It, it would suck, you know, after this year. Like, I don't know. So we'll see where that goes, honestly. All right. Well, thank you for coming out. Man, thank you for having thank me. Thank you so um, much. So you, we have you and Maya are leaving the podcast now, yes. sadly. Yeah. Yeah, um, sadly they have to leave. Jarrell should be standing outside the door right now. <laughs> there's we, there's no guarantee that he's there though. Yeah. <laughs> all, all I gotta ask is after this podcast, are y'all coming to the game? Yeah, I, I, you I gotta work after. You gotta work after. I have to yeah. now that you said. Yeah, now you got to. I called you out. <laughs> I'm just playing. I was gonna go. So yeah, we need y'all support. You guys going Saturday too, right? That's oh, most definitely. Yeah, that's senior yeah, night. Saturday, so for sure. yeah, okay. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, you have a good game. Yeah, thank you. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. All right, so while we're 
clearing out the studio, I guess. That was Kaylin Mitchell, by the way, everybody, in case you guys forgot. Um, <laughs> what? Kaylin Mitchell, you cut me off. Okay. I wasn't ready. You were ready. I was ready. Okay. Um, so we're going to get into our regular topics for today, starting with... Um, we definitely need to preview the Black Excellence Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time some of you hear this, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it would have passed. passed. It probably would have came out just like an hour before we went like, yeah, to, to be, go to the ball. <laughs> to be honest, but um, it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be a good time. Um, yeah, there's not really much I can say since. So, so if this this is going. coming out after yeah. we've already went to the ball, or probably so like an hour. If you went, we hope you had fun. If you missed it, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. Um, um, if you missed it, you should just go to more BSU meetings and you would know about it. And not come 30 minutes late. Oh, you said to somebody? <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, I go like on I time. I I've, okay, you. it's okay if you come like five minutes late. Oh, yeah, I, I'm usually like five minutes late. I think uh, try to show if you can show. If you, you know what, I take that back. If you even come to the BSU meetings, you're fine. Cause speaking of the, <laughs> speaking of like attending the BSU meetings, uh, everyone here was at the last one where we talked about hip hop in the black community. Um, what are your reactions to that discussion? And um, yeah, I think it went a lot better than I thought it was going. There was a lot of people like participating in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to talk more. Stuff. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, it's over already. But yeah. I think definitely like you did a good job leading it, Micah. I mean, it went. Oh yeah, I did do that, by the way. Yeah, I did that. Like people seem really like opinionated and into it. I think it's just because hip hop is a generational thing for us. And so, like, people are, like, really into that and, like, discussing it. So, like, I think that was a very good discussion. Yeah, yeah. So, that was the BSU meeting. Um, if you missed it, sucks to suck. Hopefully, we see you guys next time. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we have a few um, things that we found, I guess, in the news that we're going to talk about. Um, something that I found recently was that um, Jordan Peele is starting to, um, I believe he's beginning to either write or film his new film um, this year. And that will be another social thriller, but it won't necessarily be related to race. But it'll be in, have like the same tone as Get, Get Out. Out. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you guys think it's going to undertone? I speculate that, well... Okay, I guess the generic answer would be I speculate it'll more than likely be about gender because that's like the one thing that kind of you can compare to race, I guess. But um, maybe he's going to tackle like sort of like the Me Too movement sort of thing, like sexual harassment or something like that. I'm not sure. That's actually very possible. Um, just a small pause because we believe Jarrell just by you. Jarrell is in the building apparently. If he's not, then just is he allowed to be here, Ashton? Because he's thirty minutes yeah. late. <laughs> yes, brother Jarrell is in the building. How you doing, sir? Oh, your mic is over there. <laughs> okay, Ashton, Ashton's uh, moving spots. Just got snatched right. like so a fresh weed. Um, what was it? What's his name? Hey, Jordan Peele. Hey, here what? But um, I just feel as though I something about tackling just like going right after race into gender. I feel kind of like it's almost predictable yeah. in a way. So I hope that it, I I will be fine with it being a social thriller, but just something that like is out of the left field of like, oh, I didn't think you could make like a horror movie about that. I didn't think you could make a horror movie in general because I just feel like after watching him on Key and Pill. Mm-hmm. Keanu is like oh, he's a comedian so just like looking at him doing stuff like get out there were some skits of... in um in Keen Peel that were like really well done like almost yeah. film quality yeah and there, I remember there was one um and a lot of them were kind of like dark in a way too there was that one where there were like these two guys in the club and they could like not leave the club like wherever way they tried oh cause they were making like, fun of LMFAO <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and they that like that was like kind of really well done in a way, like yeah. it not it was almost like a funny version of the Twilight Zone. Okay, but like I personally, I did not watch Keen Peel that much. But the one the one skit that I did see was when uh, there was like a zombie apocalypse, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and they only attacked. Yeah, they only attacked white, white people. people, and like black people were having a barbecue, barbecue. or whatever, and the zombies mm-hmm. were running away from the black people. They're so. like, oh my god, they're gonna eat me! And the <laughs> right. like, oh. and you're like, oh, <laughs> these are racist zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one of the, like the better episodes. I'm just like shocked that something like Get Out would come from somebody's like mind who makes stuff like racist zombies. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a, a prime example of you can't really judge. Oh, yeah. Uh, like someone. Well, like Ashton said, it is. Some of the stuff is like kind of like, I guess you would say dark humor, but I think that's something a lot of people in our generation really loves. Because even when you scroll down on Twitter, you'll see people like, like little videos of people like jumping into rivers and stuff, and people will make jokes about like their suicide and like stuff like that. Even to the point where like we desensitized it so mm-hmm. bad that like when people do end up showing signs of like suicide or like mass shootings and stuff like that we don't really pay attention to it pretty much downplay it you know yeah. it's just, like oh yeah. he's making another joke like yeah. he's not taking this seriously yeah definitely yeah. um to add to that point i do think that there's a lot of truth in jest i think like when you look at the best um comedians like you uh dave Chappelle or a chris rock or someone like that they say a lot of truth. There's a lot of truth in everything they say, and that's what makes it funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there's my spiel on that. Has anyone seen Black Panther? Yes. Yes. I have not. Have I'm I. a disgrace to the black community. Um, um, I'm not. <laughs> Here's <laughs> why I do so. Black carbon vote. Because me and the twins are planning on going. Here's how we feel. We're we, the twins, so the people oh, know. Twins, they're really uh, they're good friends of mine. Their name is Taya and Jordan. Hopefully, we'll have them on the show pretty soon. They're very outspoken, very beautiful inside and out. I love them a lot. Um, they're I'll also African American. Uh, what's their Instagram? I'm just kidding. Keep going. Uh, no, they, they don't follow. Let randoms follow them. Not that you guys are weird or anything. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> the three yeah. people that yeah. we're talking to on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they, um, they, we had like a plan to go see it. Taya's waiting for her dashiki to come in. And when we were all going to go see it the day that <laughs> it came nine. out. But what we realized is that we live in Turlock and like. Because mass shootings are like a genuine like fear like fear now, we were like, mm, that's a lot of black people in one place, and we kind of live in Turlock. Oh, you niggas! So- <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were like, do we want to be a that target? Just went now? Far right. And Taya doesn't like crowded <laughs> theaters, so we're trying to wait for it. A crowded theater is honestly like the most fun theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. when you hear the crowd's reactions, like yeah. them clapping, yeah. and stuff. Like I that. like. Like, not crowded theaters, because I get to be, like, dumb and ratchet inside the movie theaters. Like, I, I get to make dumb jokes. And then, like, the three people sitting behind me were, like, giggle and stuff, and that's good enough for me. Oh. Like, I think a crowded theater would be like, shut up. And I'd be like, no, I paid $10 like you did. And you you appreciate the little get, things, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because when I went home to uh, see my Panther, I saw it in Oakland. So, like, it was a full mm. theater. It was mm-hmm. packed. Everybody was, like, was super hyped, like, all the way throughout the movie. It was great. And they were showing out the um, Grand Lake Theater in Oakland, where the actual director Ryan came out there to actually watch it with everybody. So everybody and was Michael like, B. "Jordan, and really? Michael B. Yeah. yeah, you saw them? Like you saw them there? Yes. <laughs> because for those type of tickets, you have to already have ordered those like way in advance. Yeah, so everybody was already amped. You really did. Oh, I'm, I'm. But that's what I'm right. saying. Y'all got to get on this. They were there, and right. I'm just like, Whoa, oh my right. god, that little oh, hit was a little yeah. impressive, buddy. <laughs> Well, what you mean? What you mean? That was so, little, I felt it, Micah. That was a little I'm hot, no, because, like... <laughs> okay, but for we, those of that you, was really aggressive. My fault. I just, I'd be punching you. Yeah, a little violent. That was, <laughs> Did that scare you, Jada? <laughs> just a little bit, Micah. That my was apologies. a little sus. Jada the one to be talking about dark, super dark things. Okay. Jada Antichrist. That, Jada reads tarot cards. I do read tarot cards. <laughs> I do. They're really fun. My roommate... I moved in um, with my roommate, Calissa, and that's a big part of her... Like her lifestyle and her mom, or her would be her stepmom. Um, she read my cards. I flipped my ish the first time she read mine because they were super accurate. I read Ashton's yesterday, and um, they, they were pretty. What did they say? Is how we went um, from black, I went from Black Panther to this. I'm sorry. I like. I know we just kind of like random transition. Yeah. We're gonna come back though. Um, uh, so we did me? his past, present, future, and overall outcome for those who do know what it is. So he did overall reading. He didn't ask me a question or anything. So his past referred to him being able to be creative in his artwork. Um, his present was him being not being able to still be creative with it and being okay with it and being wor- more worried about what other people think about it. 
Is this accurate, Ashton? It was pretty accurate. They were yeah. all art related, which was funny because like that's what I do. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> then just, it was actually really crazy when I was like reading the cards. It was like eh, blah 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 art, and I was like, ah, that's funny. Um, your future card said that he was going to hear something and it was going to confuse him and it was going to worry him. And I can't, I'm not sure if I remembered your overall. I don't remember it either. It's fine. But, <laughs> but <laughs> so it's funny because this future card happened today. Like we saw yeah. each other. Oh, in yeah. The yeah, it did. But I'm not going to explain how because like, I don't think we have time. But um, going back to Black Panther, sorry that I did that. Um, <laughs> it's okay, Ashton. <laughs> so what do you guys think about... Um, there's a lot of people like kind of speculating or wishing that um, in the second movie, which is obviously going to come out because of how successful it is, mm-hmm. that and they're going to bring maybe Storm or possibly what's that other like Captain character? America? No, um, she's a, a woman in the comics called Madam Slay. Oh, that's oh, that. Yeah. That was his. Um, yeah. A lot of people want Tiana Taylor to play her, but like she's not an actress. Wait, but Madam Slay was Killmonger's wife, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. They're not wife, but girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, getting into spoilers. Never mind. But that's not. That's I barely. Mean, I mean, that that's in the comics, right? So, yeah. well, it's what's in the comics is that she's she's there, but I don't. I'm not sure if Madam Slay was an African American or not because if she was an African American, then I don't. I don't think she's gonna be in this next movie. I'm, I can't really say anything more without spoiling yeah, it. Yeah, because I get what you're saying. But like, yeah, like, like I can't spoil it. I'm trying not to. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I think that because if you watch the movie and like stay into like the very end, like after the credits, you, you'll see. That. Well, you're supposed to do that with like Marvel movies anyway. Yeah, right. There's always something at the end of every Marvel movie. Always, without like a doubt, like people mm-hmm. always stand up. I'm like, huh, you idiots! Right. Like, yeah. like, like yes, which I know there's like there's like two different versions of credits. Mm-hmm. It's like you have yeah. to like stay into like yep. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah no, I cool a lot of people like left after the first one and like like usual. Like, mm-hmm. so. And without spoiling it, I will say with this movie, because you know, in in theaters when when you go if the superhero movies, they want you to be pushing for the hero and against the villain completely in this movie you are more than likely or not if you're not supporting the villain you're gonna at least sympathize with him a lot because you are his sentiment you can't the people in this room there's no way you can't empathize with what he's saying especially his intentions in the beginning yeah yeah so his actions and is debatable but but yeah Yeah. it's powerful i think it's Mm -hmm. powerful and what's even cool too, even after this is done, you still got him returning for Infinity War. So it's yeah. really gonna keep yeah. going. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm gonna get into a real little little conspiracy just for a second. But okay, y'all know Captain America, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know how his strength is his shield and his defense? Now I was just reading They were talking about that. Yeah, I was okay. reading Reddit and stuff like that just because I'm a nerd sometimes. His shield sometimes. is made out of the metal called vibranium mm-hmm. that is only found in Wakanda. Wakanda. Yes. Right? So, like, <laughs> let's break... No, no, pause, pause. No, but it I was just that she going. was like... Yes. Yeah. No, because she knows... Finger pointed at you. I know what you're going. If we, break, if we going. break this down, what Marvel is saying is that the strength... No, no, no. They're saying the strength that America has is based in Africa. America would not be this strong if it was not for Africa. It, it wouldn't you see be. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Smart. that really goes for a lot of things. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah, it makes total. There's layers in this, but it's There's whole layers. America's whole backbone is based on African people. Because without African people, America would. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least exactly. if you're talking about you know slave labor and you know things of that nature. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things that. Well, most a lot of people but. did that people don't know they did like first, and they don't get a lot of credit for. Yeah, most right. which were that was having. Yeah, the other night when we were talking about mm-hmm. like music and stuff, mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. people started rock, um, hip hop, house, house music. Yeah, which a lot of people actually don't know. Which um, I don't know how many people in here listen to Vince Staples, but if you listen to Big Fish yeah. Theory, a lot mm-hmm. of that was house music. Mm-hmm. And even he was talking about it. He growing up, his mom didn't like rap, didn't like him listening to rap, so he listened to a lot of like house music, which is kind of weird because he ends up being a rapper. Right. But mm-hmm. that's because black people started a lot of this stuff. I would really love to have a discussion on that in, in the, like, a BSU meeting. The original... Or just, the like, different genres like music, that, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like, you know, like J. Cole said with the quote I showed y'all, 
um like history repeats itself we will start something and then people kind of hop on the, yeah the music gets uh for a lack of better words gentrified if you will oh. and then it's no longer ours anymore but we just we're creative we just go up and make something new so right. do you guys think that'll happen with hip-hop just kind of bring sure. it back to that absolutely yeah no for sure absolutely. it's already absolutely. happening now yeah no for sure now. it's already in the even now because, here. <laughs> because hip-hop not as much music when it started a lot of it had more of a conscientious like message like a, a, a real meaning yeah mm-hmm. i wouldn't say a real meaning because i don't want to downplay people's music and oh what yeah they're that, doing that's low-key disrespectful yeah my fault it was <laughs> a little pump because <laughs> <laughs> you know some people are really are gucci gang but like yeah. um micah shut up <laughs> <laughs> but it was a sense. lot more about trying to get people to kind of recognize things for what they really were rather than trying to get the girl in the room across the room to twerk or you know what I'm saying like it's a lot different now than what it is and because of that it's making it easier for people of other races and stuff like that to come through and kind of you know water it down more mm-hmm. yeah right yeah because you know Lil Pump saying Gucci Gang 40 times in a song says two sentences outside of that, which is, like, it's not bad because, like, it's a catchy beat or whatever. But then we have other people, like, I want to say Logic because I always do bring him up a lot. mm -hmm. But because he makes a song, which a lot of, I don't know how many of you guys have heard it, but it's Black Spider-Man. And it's a lot about... I don't listen to Logic. Not too. There's a lot of... Like Chase, Chase is like, yes, I love Logic. <laughs> There's a lot of that song to me is like really pro black. Like I listen to it like at least once a day mm-hmm. because it reminds. He says, um, I uh, no not that part. It's be black and beautiful, be black and proud. Like everybody who's hating on me right now, I'm black and proud. I'm just as white as that Mona Lisa. I'm just as black as my cousin Keisha. I'm biracial, so bi Felicia. Praise black Jesus. Now call the preacher. Maybe Jesus was black. Maybe Jesus had dreads. Spider Man should be black. I put love instead. I like lyrics like that because it makes you think. Like I don't know more. Well, and it, it's like it's not that. It makes me like respect. I or think, yeah, just I me see the intention in yeah. it. But yeah. sometimes I see. Did did he correct me if I'm wrong? Did he name one of his albums? What was it or songs? Was it Anglo-African or African? Oh, um, African. Yeah, Yeah. but that song's really, it's 12 minutes, first of all. So you really, oh, yeah. It's 12 minutes? Yeah, I don't know every word of it. Yes, 12 minutes. (laughs) But that album, the reason why that song is so important is because that album comes from a perspective of, it's kind of like a religious type of thing where this dude, his name is Adam, he dies, and... Um, a god of some sorts comes over and he tells them, this is your life. And overall, he's saying that no matter who we are, we need to respect people for their ideas, for besides their gender, race, color, like their creed, everything that's a part of them, we need to respect them because everything that you do upon other people comes to yourself. And so that song has a lot to do with probably with his sister and his mom being and him being biracial and his mom really calling him the n-word growing up his dad not being around him having to wait mm. is his mom white his mom is white and oh. all the siblings are half black which is crazy he, he mentions that in so what's his relationship with his mom now no i'm not he's i'm pretty sure she's not in his life like not like that uh, she shouldn't be but she's also he also says that she's gone through like like she's mentally like not completely there mm. but mm. she he grew up she grew up calling him the n-word like hard R. His dad wasn't around, and even when he was around, he was, like, on... They were both really on drugs a lot. Mm. He ended up selling, like, crack to his own dad. You know, like, a lot of bad stuff ended up happening to him, but... Like, well, you know, here's my thing with Logic. I don't... I don't... uh, I don't doubt his lyrical skill or, like, what he can do on the microphone, but for me, just... I don't... Like, I just... I don't feel it. Like, a lot from what I hear from him is the same kind of I'm black and I'm white like, type of thing. What was Which is like really <laughs> weird because like if you really do, I mean, if you kind of sit there and that's another thing that I feel like is a problem with music now because people want to hear things and just get it right away from hearing it. When you listen to stuff, you really have to sit down and kind of analyze it and like synthesize and put everything back together because that's what even... Even just staring away from logic, 
Charters gave me an before Awaken My Love. Oh, he he's did incredibly a lot of that. talented. Yeah, yeah no, he yep. did yeah. stuff like that. <clears throat> but there's songs like Bonfire and Freaks and Geeks I'll listen to 50,000 times and mm-hmm. I'll always find something new to laugh mm-hmm. at. That he's done some lyrical thing. Yeah, yeah you, you got to respect the people who can. Like, really, yeah. Yeah. You can say but the same thing. A lot thing. of people think that a lot of his stuff is like, I'm black, I'm white, like logic stuff, like I'm black, I'm white. But. Which is, that's like the. I don't know. That's just what I end up hearing from him, and, yeah. it's, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not a knock against him, but it's like he, from what I hear, because obviously you're like Logic's lawyer right now. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I got you, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, like with him, it's like I I hear what you're saying. You're half black, but like if you didn't tell me, he could go he could go throughout his day and no one and like everyone he interacted know. with. But no, that's the crazy part I will, because I, was, I, I would I, know. I would too. Yeah, but that's he the could, thing. But he can he easily deny that. it. No, but like he said, he doesn't want to though. He's very proud. Of it. No, no, I'm just saying like he, he, he has he that wanted, option. He could if he yeah. wanted to, but the thing is that a lot of people, what people don't recognize is that it's probably just as hard to be a mixed race as it is to be a full like minority. Well, there's because a lot of confusion. You're yeah, you're being pulled from both sides. You're mm-hmm. being pulled from both sides. You're being pulled away from both sides. So for him, he talks about how growing up, his grandparents would hide him away from the rest of his family it's because rude. he was half black. Because mm-hmm. he was white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. has his black family would all, he, for mixed race kids, they're always fighting with black people to be black enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But right. like with white people, they're fighting to be white enough. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? I, I noticed the most... I'm doing air quotation marks. Too, no, but I mean I like... Know people... Have y'all noticed the most like super... Malcolm X dudes be like the super light skinned yellow dudes. You like talking Mal- about what's his face? Uh, the one that always hangs out with. God damn, I can't remember his name. Sean King, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, shoot, Malcolm was very light skinned too. He was and like, yeah, Malcolm was light skinned. Malcolm talking about? X was not. He was, that way light, he was lighter though. than me. Yeah, look like, at some old pics. But not like super light. Not like Sean like, King light. Like, it, light, but, like, you could tell, you yeah. know? And, like, yeah. there's this dude on ESPN. His name is Chris Broussard. And, like, <laughs> I call him Chris X because, like, he, he's always, you know, crying about stuff. I, I, don't, I don't like the... Y'all get what I'm saying, but continue, Jada. I'm sorry. I think oh for you. a lot of reasons for that is because they're trying to prove that they're black enough or mm-hmm. they're white. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. there are people who... It's just like us. It's a difficult thing for them, and I like truly understand that. And I think people just hear that in Logic's music because he's he has said it a, a quite a bit, like a few times. Yeah. But if you listen to something like America, and he'll if you really do analyze it and you listen to the lyrics, you're like, well, you didn't go to like college and you didn't do. He's talking from other people's perspective. So mm-hmm. I know one of the songs he's talking in. I believe it's Confess. He's talking in Killer Mike's perspective and he's talking about big oh, limbo yeah big yeah. limbo and stuff like that especially in this most recent album that's who he has a lot of is rappers from the um was i think it's chuck d i might be wrong oh yeah yeah chuck yeah d. he has d. a lot of rappers from the 90s and stuff like that because i think this album is probably more political than any of the other ones that he's done well i know it's the touching voices, other things yeah it's but... touching other things rather than just being half black, half white, mm-hmm. it touched uh, their suicide hotline, which is, I think, is very generic for people to fall in love with. But it's whatever. It's a good song, and it spreads a message, and I'm proud of it. I just think a lot of people just like it because everybody else likes it. But that's another... It's a good song. No, it's a, no, it's like a fantastic it's a good song. message. But it's not yeah. my favorite song on the album. And a lot of people are like, why is it not? And it's like, it's because a lot of you, other people... Like, you clearly didn't listen to the whole album. Oh, yeah, like you... Yeah. I know there's a lot about being oppressed as black people in general. A lot of black people have a harder time, like in life, even after college. I think what what Logic is doing, as you said, he's trying to prove people wrong. He's going towards that. He's trying to he's trying to combat that sentiment in his head that uh, like shout out to Courtney. Courtney was here a few episodes ago. She graduated, so big ups to her. Um, but like, yeah, she she shared her opinion that she thought that um, biracial or people of multi-race but were black she didn't consider them black and i think i think when he's writing by from what you're saying i think like that's what he's trying to fight against the most just not trying to prove that he's black enough but just trying to prove that he's black in general to those people that are just pushing him to the side and saying yeah. like no you your own category like no, you're not with us yeah no that's definitely a thing 
Yeah. And a lot mm-hmm. of like kids, I think a lot of people, like, like I said, I keep saying that, but a lot of people don't understand that. And I end up feeling, cause I do have a lot of like friends that are like half black or half something else. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like they're always trying to prove something and then they just give up on something that because our culture is very beautiful. So they give up on getting to know that culture and getting to know other people like that because they're feeling like they're being pushed away. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and to push my sentiment more when I said the light skinned dudes be acting like super, you know, Afrocentric and stuff. Colin Kaepernick. That's another one. Super light skinned dude. Got his fist up all the time. And I love that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, like, it's always no, nice. You know, I get what you're saying. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's just like, yeah. that's an ongoing trend. Because usually, like, the more dark skinned brothers or sisters, they're just like, yeah, I'm chilling. Yeah, I'm black. Oh, I think that's a different <laughs> thing, though. I think that's more of a fear of seeing that they're probably more allowed to do it because they're seen as mixed race. So they're allowed to have, they're allowed to be more. They have a longer unquote, leash. Like, yeah, okay. Like dangerous about it, or quotation marks dangerous mm. than someone who would be fully black are able to say things, which Actually, isn't necessarily yeah. true. If someone sees you as half black, you're just black to them for the most part. Most definitely. Yeah. Um. What What, what do you think about that, Terrell? <sighs> but you're right, though, with the Kaepernick stuff, because if you think about it too. You're almost having an argument about just the colorism aspect in there, too. The light skin, the dark skin stuff. Like, which one out of the two is really going to get marketed more? Which one's going to get more talked about? We can yeah. even say if Kaepernick was just put him out there. If Kaepernick was, like, just more dark skin and stuff, would he get more, like, airtime on TV? Would he just be yeah. pushed back? You know, it's kind of like there's still that ongoing little history right there, too, you know. But to go back with the biracial stuff, too, it's almost like those those people are still trying to fight to be accepted in the white side, the black side, but you always be down in the middle. It's kind of like I can't fully be on both sides at the same time, you yeah. know. But for those that can pass for, like, more white or lighter skin, they have that type of privilege in a sense, you know. Like, they can just yeah. they can just do that, you know. So, but no, you're right. It's just that society we're in right now. So, yeah. yeah. So it all comes down to, like, that representation that we kind of talked about earlier in the podcast. I'm just like, like our representation, our representation, the other people's representation, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like biracial people, or like I remember, I think Courtney said before, like she doesn't, how she doesn't really count the biracials as fully or black because of like that's a different representation scale, and how like if you like look in the media nowadays, like something like that, how it's always like light skinned people representing black media as a whole. Like people like Zendaya or you know anybody else like that. Yara, I think we yeah. should hmm. still accept them though because it's still right. nobody's not. I mean, not like that. Yeah, but like, <laughs> that's the thing. But no, I mean like still like having stuff like that. It's still having a black person in there just kind of opens the door for other black people to get in but there. But at right. what point? The you saying they're opening the door, but you keep putting light skinned people at the forefront. The door is open. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's, it needs to be worked on a lot more. Yeah. It does open the door. A great thing, going off what Ashton said, too, about Black Panther is that, because, um, you know, Hollywood has a tendency when when there's a Black movie, and let's say there's 10 actors in it, there's probably like six or seven light-skinned brothers and sisters in there, but Black <laughs> Panther... Black well, Panther... Black Panther different. They... <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 they stick to the roots. A yeah. lot of people had a problem with Gronish because of that. Really? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah because they yeah. had those, was it um, Yarissa? I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I'm not going to try. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two girls, Chloe and they have a song, they, the, the duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then they yeah. had the one dark skinned dude, Ooh. Indian guy, and the two white girls. And then, like, yeah, I know, other I know than that. About, yeah. So it's like, we just have that one person in there kind of, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think just Hollywood in general has an issue with taking things that are from cultures and kind of, like you said, like for lack of a better word, gentrifying it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watch the anime. There's Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And that's like a really good anime, but they kind of like tore it apart by making Scarlet Johansson. 
like one of the main characters. Basically, like whitewashed it in a yeah. sense. Yeah, I think yeah. Full Metal Alchemist. I had a friend that was talking about it that the other day. That's on Netflix as a live action. She said they butchered that. Wait, they made Full Metal Act- mm-hmm. or, um, Alchemist. They yeah. made some white people. Like it's like a live action. I haven't watched it because I haven't watched the anime. Um, there was Death Note. Yeah. I don't know if you do. Oh watch yeah, Death Note. yeah. I haven't yeah. watched it, but I know yeah. about it. But mm-hmm. um, Nat Wolf was the head, like the main character. And they didn't have is- a, a black dude that was what. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch anime. So I was I don't just saying, they, they tend to butcher right. stuff like that really yeah. bad, though. Right. Especially out of other countries. Oh, no. Go ahead. Oh, no. I, I just thought it was funny. Have y'all, did y'all see that movie, uh, The Great Wall? Whatever it's called. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh. So I, yeah. I was a uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. Feudalist China. And I'm watching yeah. this movie, and then, like, I want to say, like, 30 minutes through, I was like, oh, wait. Like, <laughs> They trying to pass with, white people off as Chinese. Yeah. Wait, but Keanu Reeves is he is he mixed? He's like mixed with Asian, okay. I believe. Okay. But I was like, wait, is he, he really? still wasn't in in China though. Exactly. Like, you know, I don't. I found that I found that hilarious. Like once I, it just looks more silly because mm-hmm. we're so used to it being to like us. Wait, you paid money to see the Great Wall? No, um, <laughs> no. First off, let me just clear that up. No, it's because. <laughs> I went to a friend's house and it just happened to be playing from the beginning when I got there. So, so. they paid money to watch the Great Wall. Well, he's got that thing called like, oh, Cody. Oh, Fire Stick. Yeah, Fire it's Stick. Fire Stick, Fire Stick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he doesn't pay for nothing. I'm not going to say your name, brother, because I don't want to <laughs> indict you. Um, I'm going to let y'all know I don't pay for nothing either. So, no <laughs> <shame>. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Look here. There's PrimeWire.ag. Speaking of not paying, and speaking of Black Panther, did you hear that what Cinemax is not... Um, they're not letting people with large bags come in anymore. Oh, that's so dumb. I, Are you is serious? it Black Panther or just period? I, mean, I came in. I they, came in with my large bag. They didn't bag. say it was because of Black fine. Panther, but a lot of people were like it's probably because of Black Panther because you know black people. Let me yeah. tell you what I did in the movie theater. Right, I had like this bag and like another bag. I had heck of snacks in my bag. Like literally, though. I mean. I think that's okay. so dumb though, because there are women who like bring big bags and they're not like hiding snacks. Yeah, they just have everything in their purse. They just have if everything in their purse. Trip and cut yourself on the chair. <laughs> Your right. mom got a bandaid and some gauze. <laughs> yeah, but um, I did see one thing on Twitter where uh, this one girl she put like you know those styrofoam things you get from Michaels. Yeah, yes, no. mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. yeah. Like, it's like half a circle, and she put it in her stomach, and she pretended oh, like she was pregnant. She, oh yeah, that's, oh my that's just, god! I'm saying this is gonna make people get more creative. Wow. Oh yeah, that's deep. <clears throat> I know. So somebody was telling me it was actually never a thing that you couldn't like bring. Bring what? <laughs> like food, outside food in. Oh, okay. It was never a thing. Oh. So, so. <laughs> we're trying to, we're attempting to wrap up our episode, but we don't know how to close it. So this is me it closing it. Like <laughs> I did get your cue. I was just in the middle of a right. sentence. I was like, no, I didn't know. It's hard to like, it's hard to like. It's hard to like. Well, no, I wanted you to like continue. All right, you guys. But I to, <laughs> so this is um, <laughs> the end of our episode. Tune in to our next one, which will be on March 1st coming out. Or that's when we're recording. Yeah, we'll record March 1st. It'll come out sometime in March. Um. So, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode and see you next time or listen to us next time. Yep. Or Gucci gang. Next time. Gucci gang. Gucci gang. Gucci gang.